Julie. Hey, Julie. Who? <laughs> who? <laughs> who? Julie, it's been so long, but you look amazing. Oh, yeah. I see. You know what? It's only been six days of 2017, but I can see that you are cutting the carbs and going to the gym, Julie. Julie's been taking barefoot walks on the beach, the beach that she and her husband probably own in an yeah. island private. And it looks great. Yeah, looking She's great, relaxed. Julie. Look, I'm happy at least one person is having a good 2017 because God knows the rest of us are in for a real rocky road. Yeah. I, we, yeah, I agree. I don't <laughs> know if that was like an ice cream pun or not. <laughs> Not the ice cream. <laughs> okay, guys. You're wondering why we're here talking to you right now. And it's because there are some big pressing issues in the world, in pop culture land, that we need to talk about. We haven't spoken. We haven't had a podcast for about a month since Whoa. our girl, Morgan Willett, took home the quarter mill, opened up that hotel in downtown Austin, <laughs> and... Is just Snapchatting, you know, her She was reunited with her seven-foot-tall basketball-playing boyfriend. Of course. Oh, she has a boyfriend? Oh, she's got a boyfriend, and he's seven feet tall. Of course he is. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, well, unlike you, I'm still following her on Instagram and Snapchat, so I've been seeing this. Yeah. Um, I I send positive love her way, because she's earned it. She has. She has. Both Willett sisters and Shelby have earned it. But we're not here to talk about Big Brother today. We have six months to just put Big Brother away, put it into a drawer, lock it up, keep keep it clean, keep the dust off of it. We'll come back to Big Brother. Oh, we'll be back. I mean, Big Brother's going to come back quicker than you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. So what we're thinking about doing for the next few months is talking about a little show called The Bachelor, which is a show that I used to watch back in the day, but I have not seen it for at least a decade. Wow. So it's sort of like the prodigal son returns. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was into into all of it. uh, Survivor, The Mole with Anderson Cooper. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. And Kathy. Not Celebrity Mole. Fuck Celebrity Mole. No, Celebrity Mole rules. No, a r- first uh, season of The Mole is classic. Anyways, I think, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to talk about The Bachelor. The Bachelor's on, what, one day a week on Mondays? Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. then we'll hopefully do something like Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. I know it's Friday. We'll talk about the first episode of The Bachelor. But more importantly, something something hit America over the holiday break that we need to talk about. And yeah. you're going to be hearing about it more and more with the Golden Globes coming up this Saturday, uh, Sunday, hosted yep. by Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Fucking Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> the yep. Jimmy Fallon of movies hit theaters <laughs> and is so offensive that we need to talk about it. And this film... Is called La La Land. Blah blah land, more like. Exactly. Look, this movie is tearing people apart, friendships, families, because there's one group of people that you listener might fall into, where you saw it and you thought this is beautiful, and it's about love and passion. I like this movie. It's got music, which no matter what. And I'm so sorry to make this comparison, but it's kind of like improv where no matter what, musical improv is very impressive, right? Low bar. Low bar of of impression. Yeah. Yeah, because if you can somehow manage to sing kind of on pitch and make an okay rhyme in the moment, it's impressive. That's like the music of La La Land. (laughs) If you like La La Land, you can turn this podcast off and put on Rob Has a Podcast. We don't want you here. La La Land is an awful, awful film. And don't don't say, oh, Brett, you don't like the American musical. 
I love the American musical. <laughs> One of my favorite movies in high school was Moulin Rouge. Do you think that's easy for me? Did you think that was easy for me? Guy on the fo- playing on the football team freshman year and also fucking just being like, come what may, baby. Come what may, you and McGregor. It's yeah. not easy. And I stuck with it. And I still love Moulin Rouge to this day. Chicago. Oh, yeah. Cabaret. Oh, yeah. Great musicals. Wonderful musicals. I love musicals. musicals. Change the world. I love yeah. musicals. This is an embarrassment to musicals. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's just, because I'm not as um, intense as Brad in that I think if you're listening and you like La La Land, let us enlighten you and show you the way. Much as the way Ryan Gosling in the movie tried to show us that jazz was cool. Jazz played by him, by the way, not by anyone else, just by Ryan Gosling. Jazz is fine but if you're if you're like militant about it like a 19 year old jazz is not cool well this whole well this whole character of ryan gosling is based is hypocritical it's a, he's a hypocrite it's not to tie it in to big brother but like his whole thing like look at the past why don't we make why don't we take these great musicals like whatever umbrellas of sherborne which whatever i'm not even gonna get into that but like and make it make it now make it la make it 2016 like let's have a ringtone let's have a joke about gluten hit traffic make it now so the whole idea is that damien chazelle the writer is taking an old school thing and making it fresh for the audience and the character ryan gosling refuses to do so because he's like, that's diluting the pure gold of jazz. And we shouldn't do that. Whereas John Legend's character is like, no, that's what art is. It evolves. Let's <laughs> put some dubstep in this jazz. It's me, John Legend. By the way, when John Legend showed up, I was like, thank God. Someone who can sing and knows how to write a hit song. Because up until that point, there was none of that. Yes. First, okay, let me say one nice thing about La La Land. The cinematography is beautiful. It's flawless. The, the Nothing else about this movie is good. The songs <laughs> are terrible. They're not songs. You couldn't They're understand shit. what the people were saying half the time. And when you did, you're like, oh, I don't, who, who cares? The entire movie is who cares? Who cares if Emma Stone becomes a celebrity? She already is. Who cares? Who cares? I I totally agree. Maybe we are weighed down. Maybe we are are hardened and made cynical by being in our mid to late, late 20s. And we we know it's not going to happen at this point. Like, I'm hosting a Big Brother podcast. I know it's (laughs) not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen for you two out there, all right? And having this musical about, like, oh, I, I hope I become a celebrity. So, who cares? Who there was nothing. Cares? I just, okay. every time anything happened, I was like, oh, who cares about these people? Why are they not special? Totally. I totally agree. Because the whole reason Emma Stone wanted to be in movies is because she had a drunk old aunt who went swimming in the fucking sun. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing. We don't really find that out until her last song, okay? Uh, Up until that point, uh, you uh, think, okay, this girl, she works on the Warner, Brother- Warner Brothers lot, so she loves movies that much that she wants to be close to them. She's got this old-timey movie star poster in her room. She must love movies, right? The first thing that Ryan Gosling revealed, finds out about her, he's like, oh, you love movies, so you must have seen Rebel Without a Cause. She's like, no. Nah. She doesn't like movies. She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care. She's probably never seen Scream. Like, she she does not see movies. She sucks. She's a fraud and a fake. That character sucked. She didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve to be famous. 
this movie is a is a coward to make her successful in the end. I think the end should have been she gets to be famous for ten minutes and then a younger, hotter girl. Oh yeah, on her heels, you know, like because that's the real Hollywood. Yeah, watch out, Emma Stone. Enjoy your fucking Golden Globe, Emma Stone, because some <laughs> four year old is some YouTuber is going to be winning the Golden Globe in five years. <laughs> for farting into a YouTube and that's going to be fucking La La Land. Fart, fart land. It's going to be the hit in fucking... <laughs> the songs are, are so bad. bad. They're not listen, songs. Listen, my, my friend made a really good point about this, which is that when the songs are good, they get released like as their own separate soundtrack a month in advance of the movie because then they're on the billboard chart and everyone hears these songs. They're like, oh, I got to see this movie. Sort of like what Glee does with all of that when Glee was on. They very quickly had those songs on iTunes. You can't go f- within 100 feet of a preschool, not because you're a, sexual, a sex offender, but you can't <laughs> go within 100 feet of a, of a preschool without hearing Let It Go. Let It Go Everywhere. It's still a song. It's still a huge song. In 10 years, I'm going to be going to karaoke bars trying to pick up some 21-year-old ass. And these are going to be kids singing Let It Go like it's the little fucking mermaid. And I'm going to hate it because I don't like Frozen either. And that's a different conversation. But but you know that that song is a bop. That song is the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Name, name a bop. From La La Land. You can't. There are no bops. Oh, bops? Name one oh, okay. song. <laughs> no, there are no songs in this movie. The song, here's a song from La La Land. I, here's how it went. It went, here's my audition. I gotta get this part. My aunt was a drunk. She swam in the river. Follow your dreams. Those are the lyrics of that song. This movie had all of the excitement of a very bad Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, so bad. Like, with all... just. And I love Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, there have been some good ones. Bruno Mars. Great Super... He should just play it every year. Different conversation. Yeah, different conversation. The costume design killed me in this movie. Because most movies, you can't walk around with, like, a Nike swoosh on your shirt in a movie, <laughs> right? In this movie, everyone is wearing the most basic fucking Old Navy plain royal blue t-shirt. And it was so distracting. Like, they didn't look like people in this movie. They looked like they just were came from an Old Navy ad. It was so distracting. That opening sequence of all these people wearing their multicolored, like, let's all join hands and, oh, there's a black guy with bongos. Oh, there's a there's an Asian girl wearing yellow. Very racist. <laughs> why, why are people dressed like this? Why are people singing a dance? This movie? In a musical, in a musical you're supposed to go to South. You're supposed to bust out into song because there's nothing else you can do. There are no words. There's not a monologue that can help the moment. Happy the only thing that can help the moment is a song. And every time in this movie a song happened, they were just like, oh, it's just because we need it. It's because it's been 15 minutes and there hasn't been a song. Let's just force a song into this moment. It felt like the music was written before there was a script. You know, before there were characters. Before there was anything. And that he was just like, well, I already paid him for these songs, so we have to use these songs. So I'll put one here, and I'll put one there, and uh, we'll write around it. You know, <laughs> that's how it felt. I don't even, like, but that means that there was, like, thought put into the songs. Like, I, <laughs> I wish that were true, but it's like it's, they wrote the songs the morning up. I agree wholeheartedly. And I have another bone to pick with this movie. Yeah. And it's sort of a bone to pick with, like, Hollywood in general. Hollywood, stop trying to make Gosling and Stone happen. They are not a couple with any chemistry whatsoever. I'm sorry. No. I hated Crazy Stupid Love. They weren't. They did not. They did not have chemistry in that. Don't try to tell me they did. They didn't. It was like watching a sister and brother 
sort of tickle each other. (laughs) It was not hot. hot. And it's not hot in this either. They're not, they don't have chemistry. I watched on the plane, this movie called Nerve came out last year. It was, it's Emma, Emma, a different Emma, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco riding a motorcycle and doing cool tricks. Okay. They had more chemistry in one frame of that movie than Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling have ever had in their entire careers. And yet they keep getting paired up. I don't understand. When I watch a couple, especially in a movie, musicals, excuse me, like they got to want to rip each other's clothes off. Like in Moulin Rouge, Ewan sees Nicole and I'm like, I'm right there with you, pal. He's a puddle. Yes. He's just a puddle. You need to be together. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Broadbent looks at uh, John Leguizamo and he's like, oh, gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, in, in, in La La Land, I was like, who cares if these two end up together? They don't even like each other. And where's John Leguizamo? John Leguizamo is, he is more deserving of an EGOT than anybody. And we got fucking Emma Emma Stone whispering. Emma Stone, we didn't even. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling aren't even good at singing. The entire movie is like that person who has. I hate this person so much. (laughs) I know you are not this person, Danny. You have that friend who's like big and boisterous and is life of the party and is like, woo! Yeah, let's go. Let's go do karaoke. You go to the karaoke bar with that friend. They're like, gonna do it, gonna do it, gonna sing I Want Candy. Yeah, give me two shots. And then they get up to the mic and they're like, I want candy. I want candy. I hate that person more than anything. The loud person who doesn't try at karaoke. And that's what Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone were. They were literally (laughs) whispering into the fucking original cast recording. Now, I have a different analogy for what their singing was like. Yes. This is a different person that you might also be familiar with. Oh, I probably am. But it's a quiet person who is at your 4th of July party. Okay. And the fireworks are going off, and everyone's eating cake, and then someone starts singing the national anthem. And you're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, let's sing. We're proud of our country. Trump isn't president yet. <laughs> and you hear, and you're standing next to this person, and they're they're actually pretty good. They're, like, on pitch. And you're like, yeah, you have a pretty good voice. That's who they are. There's someone at a party who has an okay voice. Like, you wouldn't expect it. They're pretty good. They're not great. They are not movie musical material. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they're, they're better than you thought they were. <laughs> better than you thought. But would I cast that person in would, my movie musical? No. Would I I'm casting pay, the amazing person. Would I wait in line at TKTS in Times Square to see that person as... Uh, Roxy Hart in Chicago? No. No. And don't try to tell me that, like, the director chose them on purpose because he wanted real people with no, real No, he, he wanted Miles Teller and, like, someone else. And, like, Isla well, Fisher Well, they probably like that. sucked, too, because this guy obviously has bad taste. And don't get me wrong, I loved Whiplash. I thought it was hilarious. Whiplash is dope. <laughs> but- <laughs> but he dropped the ball somewhere along Whiplash and here he dropped the ball. Whiplash was hilarious. Miles Teller gets into a car wreck and still makes his concert on time. Now that's called passion. Okay? Oh, that is this passion, yeah. No passion. No passion. Okay. Not my tempo. This movie we've, was not my tempo. We've been talking about La La Land for 20 minutes and I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with this stupid movie anymore. Don't support La La Land, all right? If you are an Academy voter, vote Please. for something else. Arrival, great. You want to be on the right side of history? Best actress, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Annette Bening, 20th Century Women. Loved it. Haven't seen it yet, but I'm. it's on my list. It's we'll great. It. It's great. I mean, best, best actor, 
Denzel Washington. I haven't seen like, it yet. Ryan Gosling, Deadpool. Not God, no, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> ah! Now that would be funny. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. We have to move on. In case you have not gleaned, we didn't like La La Land, and we hope that you are able to join us in our La La Land trutherism. Everyone just got dizzy looking at all those colors and all those camera spins. It was not good. Just because a movie is a musical doesn't mean it needs to be nominated for a Golden Globe. That's where I'll leave. It's going to be nominated for Oscars. I watched because it's also about Hollywood. Really quickly, I watched Sing Street last night about the uh, Irish, Irish, it's kind of Irish rock band kids musical. It was really good. Enjoyed it. Go watch Sing Street. That's a fun, that's a fine film. All right. Don Nepp. A few times a year, we throw a man or woman in the middle of a pit of fire and surround them with 30 members of the opposite sex, rip off their clothes, and throw in 45 roses and say, whoever comes out pregnant wins. <laughs> and, that's, yes. and we call this The Bachelor. Yes. Yay! So this season of The Bachelor started on Monday night, and Nick Vale, or Vile, is The Bachelor. Vile. Vile. <laughs> uh, so you are familiar with him, Danny. Maybe you should you should introduce him, because this is my first introduction to him. Yeah. Okay. So Nick Vile is the single saddest person to ever be on The Bachelor franchise, period. Nick has originally was a contestant on Andy's season of The Bachelorette. And he made it to the finals, but she didn't want to marry him. Okay? So that's rejection number one. Then, on Caitlyn's season of The Bachelorette, because all these Bachelor contestants, they all meet each other in the off-season. Okay? They all meet each other at, like, meet and greets, events, you know? It's sort of, out of that big brother, it's a, it's a sorority fraternity of people who've all been through the same thing. So they all get to know each other. At one of those events, Caitlin met Nick and they had a real chemistry. But she still was going to be the bachelorette. So she was like, I'm not settling down. I'm going to be a star. So she had her own season of the bachelorette. In the middle, Nick shows up and is like, hey, I know you're the bachelorette, but I really think we had something. So can I join your season? And she was like, yeah, sure. Because they did have chemistry. So he was an original contestant on on that season. No, he just rings he just up. up. He just he shows showed up. up, and the and the producers are like, "Get this man in a tuxedo and board shorts." <laughs> and I, if memory serves correctly, I think he showed up on one of the trips because they always take these fancy trips, and so it was so convenient. It was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll skip the part in Los Angeles. I'll meet you guys in Greece or whatever." No, but, so he was always on the bench for the season, right? They just held him. They held him as a curse. Sure. And maybe she. Yes, he was. He was a, a fun twist for I sure. Like, okay, but not only that. So on the season. She had this other obvious contender who was going to win, and she and Nick truly did have a lot of chemistry. So one night, she got real drunk, and Caitlin was like the every girl. Caitlin was the girl we all related to because she was like normal and funny and cool and chill. One night, she got too drunk. Who, who among us haven't? And she was with Nick. Oh. And she was like, hey, baby. And this is pre-fantasy suite. Like, a lot of guys were still left, okay? She was like, hey, baby, come back to my hotel room. He was like, really? She was like, hell yeah. And so they had sex before Fantasy Suites. Like, I'm going to say, like, seven guys were still left. I'm not sure how many were. But it was, in the Bachelor universe, this was, this was the most controversial thing that had ever happened. And it made Caitlin like like the sullied, you know, um, what's it called? Scarlet Letter Bachelorette because she dared have sex before. And it's all because Nick was too hot for her to be like, no, we should wait for the fantasy suite. And then she rejected Nick. <laughs> she was like, no, I don't like you. I like this other guy. So that's second rejection. Okay. 
Now, even second, even two times on The Bachelor, I have to picture Nick's family. Picture his mom being like, why can't you meet someone not on The Bachelor? Why? Why are these the only women you're attracted to? Anyway, then he went on Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> which, is just a, which is just a fraternity party in... Yeah, it's like no one's finding yeah. love there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just sort of a hot mess, but he was on it. And that was what's known as his like sort of redemption arc where everyone was like, oh, maybe Nick isn't such a piece of shit. And Why from is there, he a piece of shit, though? I don't... I'm, well, because he let Caitlyn... Like, Caitlyn became this big hoe because let, she had sex and he didn't he take co- any of the... Did he any coerce of the- her into having sex? It seemed like she was pretty into it. He was into it, but he... Like, she took all the heat. He, he didn't say anything. He wasn't like... He wasn't like... It was me too. <laughs> he was just sort of like, yeah. He didn't say anything like, yeah, she is a slut. But it was just like, it's Nick's fault. Okay. I see. I see. As You know, He's I'll like, make a comparison. Kind of, okay, you saw it a little bit in this, I think. Yeah, I'll make a comparison. And he's not a normal bachelor. I'll make a comparison later in this episode to, to win yeah. what I think is going on yeah. here. So, but now he's the bachelor. Yeah. He's got to find love at the end of it. Otherwise, the season's a failure. Well, uh, some theories I've been reading is that this might be the first Bachelor where the women all just reject him. No. No. I mean, (laughs) you put 30 starving people in a room with a single slice of poop, they're all going to be, they're all going to (laughs) be fighting over it. And he's hot. He's charming. I mean, we get this. We get this great intro to him. The first ten minutes, where he has, he has a sister that's wise beyond her years. She's like an Abigail mm, Breslin character you. who doesn't want that as a <laughs> bless you. Who doesn't want Abigail Breslin <laughs> 2.0 as a sister-in-law? He he mumbles. Mm-hmm. He makes bad eye contact. He doesn't know how to yeah. sit still. It's like Brett's on The Bachelor. Who couldn't love him? And but don't forget, they also. He's been on the Bachelor diet and workout plan oh, because yeah. I love the Bachelor for this. Many slow peeling of the shirts off, revealing his rock hard abs, his ripped arms, his cut pecs, and his bulging delts. It's like a flashback to 2012 or 13. Ooh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What is this? I haven't heard of this IP before. Let me throw on this trailer. What? Chris Pratt with a six pack? Uh! <laughs> I mean, that brings up something I have to say about passengers, but I'll save it for later. <laughs> save it for our next pack. I'm not. I'm never going to see passengers, so we'll, I'll let you do a rant at the beginning of this. Okay, I haven't seen it either, but my rant is actually on behalf of passengers, even though I have no interest in seeing it, and I'm glad it flops. But okay, anyway. So Nick is like 34. Yeah. Okay. Which is quite a bit older than the last, quite a bit older than the last bachelor who was 28. Nick, it's like believable that Nick needs to settle down. He's ready for a family. He's, he comes from a family of like 11. So you can believe he wants a big family. So he needs to get started soon. Yeah. So he's ready to settle down. He's been rejected. He needs to redeem himself. So where does he so go believe- first? to get some advice on, like, what to do this season and, like, prep. He goes to Bogies, the adult nightclub in the town where your podcast host, Brett Raider, grew up. He's staying at the Westlake Village Inn where your host, Brett Raider, had his bar mitzvah in the year 2000. He goes to my old stomping ground where my friends' single parents go fuck each other. He goes to Bogies. Bogies is in my town. If you're 45 and divorced and you want to get laid, you go to Bogies. That's well, where he goes to, to, to like hang out for his first few days before The Bachelor. He goes to get some 55-year-old tail and hang out with thir- other 35-year-old guys and get hit on by fucking single moms. <laughs> well, it's not that far off for him and for the rest of those guys. Yeah. Those guys he's meeting are former fellow bachelors. Chris Sewells, a.k.a. Man, he lived in Iowa and he was not willing to move because he had a farm. 
So any girl on his season had to move to Iowa. Yeah, right. How's that, that really working did. out? It didn't. It didn't last. Oh, wow. What a ben, surprise. Ben, who was my grip tonight, because I must admit, Ben is the hottest bachelor, hands down. Was that the but he's co- also just a bro. Was that the kind of... I don't know who any of these guys were. Was he the he's kind the of darkest like, haired. And kind of like really kind of short, like buzz cut almost? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was he was char- he was charming. I must say, he's so hot. He's like six five. He loves kids. He's got. He's just so cute. But anyway, then there was Sean, single, yeah. <laughs> and Chris, single. So, um, sorry, I just needed to I needed to bring up the bogeys thing because it was I yeah. was freaking out. <laughs> So they gave him advice, and it's like, why would he take advice from you? You're all single and miserable, but okay. Oh, so all these guys are single now? I think Ben, I think Ben and Lauren broke up. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I thought they did. I don't know. But anyway, so they're we, not happy. So <laughs> Even we, their relationships, they're unhappy. So after this, we get some um, some pre-produced segments with like uh, like five to ten of these of. Of the girls, of the thirty girls that we get, right? And um, like, I'm happy to talk about. Do you want to talk about all these, all these girls? Um, yeah, like, I don't want to talk, talk about every single are, fucking like, one who's shot. What? We, let's talk, we gotta talk about the ones who matter. Well, I think they because put in these first like ten segments or whatever. These are all girls who are going to matter this season. Yeah, yeah, that's how they do it. They, they only do packages for girls who at least last a little bit. Okay. So first we meet Rachel. She's an yeah. attorney from Dallas, and she's like Tom Cruise in Brisky Business. She just dances around in her underwear and vacuums the house. She's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy. She's sweet. She's well, really sweet. Where, yeah. Well, here's the thing about Rachel. The second I saw her, and I saw she's 31, I think. She's yeah. 31, and she's a lawyer. Yeah. I immediately was like, he's going to hate her. She's too smart. She's too accomplished. Guys on this, the bachelors never like women to be accomplished. And they last for like five episodes and then they get the boot. Well, no way. Also, I think it's hilarious that they put the lawyer, someone who's that smart, who has a great job. And they're like, we just got to show you doing a little housework just to make, make sure you. everyone knows yeah. you're not like, you're not above it. <laughs> you know. And she's like, I would never. I have my house, my housemaid Consuela clean my house. I'm a lawyer. I make exactly. I make six figures, honey. Come on. Okay. Yeah, she was great. She was great. Too good for this show. And she gets the she gets the first impression, Rose. He was really digging her. You know what? Because she was an adult woman. She was an adult woman who's like knows how to have a conversation. Yeah, and I'm really happy for her that she has that. She'll always have that. But the fact of the matter is, she's getting, I bet you, she's getting booted before Final Four. We'll, we'll put, we'll write this down. And smart for this show. We'll write that down and we'll, we'll come, we'll come to it. But yeah, I mean, that's a good theory. That's why we have you on the show because you're, the, it's, our roles are switched because when we started podcasting, you had never been on yeah. the live feeds on Big, on Big Brother and I was a right. live feed veteran. And now you're a big bachelor veteran, and I, I, you know, I've been out of the game for a long time. I took my right uh, Michael Jordan retirement. Things have changed around here, but you'll catch on. Yeah. Okay, so next we have Danielle L. She's a nail salon salon owner. I don't really have much to say about her. She, you know, she, here's what Brett's notes say. Brett notes say. Boobs! <laughs> oh, I didn't know I face. didn't. I just wrote Danielle L, <laughs> nail salon owner. Danielle L, gorgeous, great name. Gorgeous girl, absolutely stunning. Business owner, so accomplished. A little younger, I recall, than Rachel. And the second she stepped out of that limo, I thought, final two, with those boobs. Final oh, really? Two. Yes. Not only is she smart and gorgeous, she's not above showing some skin. Oh, this yeah. girl going far, and, and she then, seems relatively normal. And then we have maybe you can help on the translation on this. We have Vanessa from Montreal. We have a Quebecois 
sort of fucking French Canadian person. And yeah. Oh, I forgot. Are you ready to do a little Mary fuck kill at the end of this? Oh yeah. Okay. Ready. Okay, cool. All right. She's, she's a special needs teacher. She speaks in French. She's got a bit of a tude too. I, she's, she's interesting. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing about this girl. Wait, what's her name again? I'm gonna Vanessa. Vanessa. Okay. So Vanessa, the second I saw her on screen and it said from Quebec, my immediate thought was, this is our season's crazy girl. Because people from Quebec are fucking nuts. And I can say this, as someone from Ontario who went to a French school run by the Quebecois, they're all crazy. A lot of them are crazy in a very charming way where they trick you into thinking that, oh, they just have a lot of personality. They're just like kind of fun and quirky. No, they're crazy. And then I felt bad about it because she's a special needs teacher. So I was like, oh, no, maybe she's not the crazy girl. But I think it could really go either way. I think it go either way. Yeah. Like one time on a previous season, they tried to make a girl whose husband died. They tried to make it seem like she killed her husband. Like they put spooky music over when she talked about how he died. What? <laughs> yes. Like this show isn't above a really weird edit. Okay. So, so I don't know. Yeah. I think she's. I think the crazy's gonna come out. I think so too. I mean, I'm. I'm definitely excited to see what that. What the hell happens with her? She's a bit of a wild card. And speaking wild of weirdo card. edits, we meet Josephine from Santa Cruz. She is. I don't even know what. Oh, she's a nursing student, and yeah. she looks like Chloe Sevigny and acts like Jim Carrey. And I think she's great. I thought she was good until, because usually there's like the funny, quirky girl. You never know like whether she's going to push it too far. And so she's weird or they're they're going to edit it where it's like, she's just fun and quirky. I thought she was going to get that, but she got bested by Dolphin Lover. Dolphin Lover, she got a different edit than Dolphin Lover because Dolphin Lover was clearly wearing a shark costume. (laughs) That was my like, favorite. She got like dumb bordering on mean. No. The not, dolphin. No. She was like she was like it's a dolphin you idiots obviously but like, <laughs> the joke was on her cuz it's not. And then she, she and then she like turned into the fucking stapler guy from office space like if someone says it's a <laughs> shark again I'm going to burn this place down. I'm just going to burn it down like, in Jersey. I don't no, I loved her. She had she had a personality. She wasn't afraid to be. A, I like it when girls aren't afraid to be a little like bitchy to your face. Like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like, I enjoyed that. I thought she was hilarious. I like that she stuck to her guns about it being a dolphin. You know, you go, girl. I like that she kept it on all night. She wasn't embarrassed by it. I'm a big dolphin girl fan. Me too. Big I don't fan. think she's long for this world. I think she's. Um, I think she's an Audrey from BB Seventeen. Fast but brightly. Yeah, she exactly. She's gonna burn fast and but okay. So we meet Raven from Arkansas. She's cute. She's cute and she's got a good head on her shoulders and I I, I appreciate her. Listen, Raven is the contestant who I'm gonna love and then postseason be really sad when I see she's a Trump supporter. Oh yeah, you're gonna go on her Snapchat and she's gonna be Yeah, well obviously we should put the gays in slave camps to be <laughs> Totally. That's the bummer because she really does. She's got a great personality. She's fun. She's got an adorable accent. You know, I'm a sucker for those accents. Oh, yeah. And she's just great. But I just know I'm gonna. She's gonna hashtag make America great again somewhere, and not ironically. Uh, so we'll see. But she's going far. This girl's going far. Okay. And then I have a lot to say about this person. <laughs> we meet Corinne. Yes. I have three quotes from Corinne. Oh my. That will describe everything you need to say about Corinne. Quote number one. Quote, Corinne's world is glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) So from the top, Corinne's speaking in the third person about how much how much of a baller she is. Yeah. 
And then she says, there's like a, she's out, she's on her, she's like doing work on her, on her balcony. Cause she mentions many times that she runs a multi-million dollar company. <laughs> and she From says her to her like mom or something like that. She's like, if you could have Raquel get me my cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> so she has a living maid named Raquel who is is like waiting on this richy rich person 24/7 plain plain cut up cucumber in a yeah. bowl yeah and then and then she says and then she says direct to camera i would describe myself as a very serious businesswoman so i have nothing else i have nothing else to say about this woman other than Raven might be a Trump supporter. Corinne yeah. is female Donald Trump. <laughs> I hate Corinne you forgot, so much. You forgot the best quote from Corinne. What? I have a heart of gold and a vagine of platinum. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have that written down. That was from later in the episode. <laughs> um, listen, I'm a Korean super fan. Oh, oh he's, our no. he's our villain. We need her. She will make this show hilarious and exciting. Without her, this show would be nothing. And she knows it. She knows it. <laughs> so going back she's to something. Playing it up. She's already playing it up and she's doing it to a T because she knew the villain is always ready to push the boundaries. So she was the first one. Nick Files throat and the other girls are pissed about it. She knows what she's doing and I applaud her for it. Corinne, I salute you. Something I teased earlier, that was my comparison to like maybe Nick in the earlier seasons. He was a Corinne who would sleep with the person a little bit too early. We know she's going to sleep with him. We had a five minute this season on The Bachelor. I normally Mm -hmm. don't watch like teasers for like, oh, this season on this or the next episode on this. But I watched it because I was like, this is five minutes for a reason. I yes. need to watch it. <laughs> so she's going to sleep with him before Fantasy Suites, it looks like. And oh, I hope so. Yeah, so it looks like maybe... I just, I just hope we don't see her... I just hope she's not the next Bachelorette, you know. Oh, no, those girls never... She'll get to be on Paradise, but those girls never oh, get to be Oh, yeah. Um, she's our fun villain because there's always a fun villain and there's always the other villain who's there to make drama, who I feel kind of bad for the sad villain. And I think we're going to get to her soon, but keep going. Who do you think, who do you think that is? The sad villain is the girl who's already had sex with Nick. Liz. (laughs) Who's there anyway. Yeah. That girl makes me sad. That girl I mean, we know that most of the girls on this show are in it for the Instagram sponsored posts. You know, they're in it for that. But it's so obvious with Liz. And it's she has to play up such a sad stereotype of like, well, we fucked once at a wedding when we were both drunk. And he asked for my number, but I said no. But now I came crawling back because he's The Bachelor. That's sad. Yeah, a little bit. I really like Liz. I... I'm hoping. I'm hoping for. I'm hoping you know for I this comeback this story. Because I never talk about the Bachelor with anyone except women, and I appreciate hearing this perspective because to me, this woman is very pathetic. If not in one way, then in another way. So to hear that you like her, I think it's great. I, I'm just like this is a redemption story for our. Bachelor, why can't it be a redemption story for our bachelorette as well? Oh, so naive. <laughs> so show is now. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. This she, she's something. It's going to rip her up and spit her out. It's going to make her feel like the biggest fool of all time. Nick Vile is going to shred her soul. And throw it into the into the Santorini wind on one of the trips. If there's 
one phrase that you can pull from The Bachelor, it's the words, put myself out there. I just got to put myself out there if I want to find love. You know what? What I came here to do, I really came to put myself out there. And if I don't put myself yeah. out there, then I, I'm really not going to know if I am deserving of love. And that's why I'm putting myself out there. Liz, she's putting mm-hmm. herself out there. <laughs> she, is. she is. I can't think of someone who's more putting themselves out there than Liz the doula with a nose ring from Vegas. Sure. This is true. She's from Vegas. She's a doula. Crazy. She's a doula. Um, Hi. We'll see. I have a few questions for you. Like, there's a lot left. We're like barely into the episode, and we could go like through every single person's like introduction. I have a question. Okay. You are in the limo in your red dress. You go out of the limo and you walk up to whoever, Ben from the other season of The Bachelor. Yeah. What is your predetermined one-liner? Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. It's so hard. Why can't you just be like, hey, see you inside? (laughs) You can't. You have to stand out. It's like going on an audition, you know, where it's like, Everyone on audition is doing the same thing, more or less. Yeah. So you're like, how do I set myself apart? How do I make him remember me against all these other girls? And sometimes it works great, like the shark costume. (laughs) And sometimes it's a flop, like making him eat a raw wiener. Um, Weird. It's really weird. Uh, So... If I was on this show, I would still be me, which means I would still be taking the fact that I was participating in such a thing as a joke. So I would probably go all the way with something. <laughs> I I probably go all the way playing something up. I'm not sure what part of my person, what part of my personality or package I would. Do you, you have who, one? Do you know who I liked? I liked uh, the girl. I liked the girl who ran up in the in the sneakers in the running shoes. Mm. That was a funny pun, yeah. and yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought she was cute. I think she had a good personality. I, I want to see more of her. I ever got what what? Uh, it was smart because it shows not only does she look great in an evening gown, but she's sensible and wants to wear comfy shoes for the rest of the night. Because this is a twelve-hour cocktail party. Oh yeah, you know? I have this note. We're doing the goodbyes and stuff, and then we're coming up, and then we're doing these like one on ones with people who've been evicted or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know what the early morning Southern California light looks like. It yeah. is 5 a.m. when they are leaving that yeah. house. They start yeah. taping at 7 or something Probably. like that. Yeah. This goes fucking all night are these people do they give these people coke and molly because they should it is an unsafe working environment if these people are not on drugs they're just drunk like they are plied with so much alcohol and they're exhausted and that's what they want so that people are crying so that the drama comes out but if you give me if i'm the bachelor and they give me you know alcohol and stuff i'm asleep at 2 30 i'm asleep at 11 yeah. Well, you'd be high. Don't you think? I think they all are high on competition. Sure. Sure. And the, they all have. So the way The Bachelor works and I, the way it works is they're all these producers, right? Yeah. And producers get to pick their girls. So one producer will have five girls in this whole mix who are his girls. He picked them. He plucked them out. He was like, you're the villain. You're my virgin. You're my bride to be possibly, you know? Yeah. And so they, whenever the girls are bored or whatever, they probably go talk to those producers oh, totally. who are probably pumping them with like, you guys, oh my gosh, he loves you. Like he told me not to tell anyone, but you're his favorite, you know, stuff like that. Or like, not even, not even about him, probably where he's like, the camera loves you. Oh my gosh. You're going to have so many fans, so many Instagram followers. When, if you keep this up, if you say peppy, if you say, you know, like sassy, if you say evil Corinne, Correct, whatever her name was, you're gonna you like just keep doing what you're doing, and that's what they feed off of. That's what keeps them awake and raring to go. Yeah, 
So, um, we have a, we still have a lot of stuff, and I kind of, unfortunately I kind of want to wrap it up because I have like we have to wrap we, it up because it's, it's just so much. There's always gonna be so much to talk about because Bachelor episodes are three hours long. Yeah. But, so, just to wrap up, who got a, uh, Vanessa, the French Canadian, got a rose. We'll see what's going on with her. The nail salon owner, Kristen, the one who did the weird like fan Japanese fan dance. She got a rose for some reason. Astrid, the German, got one. Corinne, the right. slut, got one. Yeah. Around this point, the Russian girl starts freaking out. She's having a meltdown. The Russian girl. Jasmine G, the NBA cheerleader who was having a meltdown earlier in the episode. She gets a rose. Raven gets a rose. Then Christina, the Russian one who was having a meltdown. She gets a rose. Uh, yeah. All sorts of, I don't know, whatever. There, there's a bunch. It's the still too many one. girls to like, go through all of them. The dolphin gets one. And, of course, we have this final moment. This is this was, of course, orchestrated by the producers. The final rose. <laughs> I was so worried. I was so worried. But Liz gets the final rose. <laughs> he gives Liz a second chance. I think Liz is your number one draft pick. I don't know if she's my draft pick to win. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I, but I'm not saying to win Nick's heart. I'm saying to win Brett's heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, may, well, <laughs> maybe this, that'll uh, that'll bring us into a little MFK. It's, yes. As, a, as is our tradition to start a season of a television show. A little Mary fuck kill. Do you want to go first? How, what do you want to yeah. start with? Kill, Mary. Let's start with Mary. Mary. You know who I'm marrying? Liz with the nose ring <laughs> from Vegas. I love her. I think she's so cute. I, I, I love her. I am disgusted. I can't believe this. I, this treachery. You know what? She's... I, I like many girls on this season. I just think she's got the right attitude <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I made a mistake. She, I feel like we're talking about marriage here. We're talking about yeah. a decades-long relationship where there's going to be fights and making up and mm-hmm. good times and bad times. I think she's got a good head on her shoulders. She, you know, she'll admit when she's wrong. She'll she'll hold you when, you're, when your grandfather dies. I yeah. think I could see myself, you know – uh, having uh, being with her for the long haul and, and her being a good partner through, throughout all that. All right, I hear that. I'm marrying my namesake, Danielle. Which Danielle's one? Danielle's hot. Da- what? Which one? There are two. The one who owns the nail salon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She owns the nail salon. She's stunningly gorgeous. I'll always have a fresh manicure. You know, I'll, I won't ever have to pay to get my nails done again. She normal as normal as you got hot, and I think we're gonna have a great life together. We're gonna be the Daniels. Maybe we can start like a directing duo, like Daniels. We'll be the Daniels. Oh, a Swiss Army Man, great movie. Yeah, <laughs> and that's my choice. That's who I'm marrying. I'm okay. getting her off the market. I have a rose, and I have a key to the fantasy suite, and it is it's F time, boys and girls. F time. And you know who I'm taking in with me? Who? Josephine the Weirdo. <laughs> she's cute. She's probably crazy, which means <laughs> she's going to be a good time in the fantasy suite. Mm-hmm. My fantasy suite will be shared with none other than the raven-haired raven. 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 Oh. Raven. Raven is... Even if she is a Trump supporter, then it'll be a great, like, hate fuck, you know? Yeah. Raven's got personality. She's not afraid. She's a cowgirl. She'll tie you down, you know? And I would have great chemistry. Because she's sparky. She's sparky. Yeah, so I I think we are are going in uh, similar directions for this one. Yeah. Which is the only direction for the fuck part of the fuck kill. (laughs) All right, it's time to kill someone. And I had trouble with this one because I have three that I really want to kill. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Corinne, for obvious reasons. Don't even have to say anything. How dare you? How dare you? You can't kill her. We need her. Crazy Kristen with the yellow dress and the fan, the fan dance. <laughs> I cannot stand her energy. Whatever she's doing, I don't like it. <laughs> but do you know who I want to kill the most? Who? French Vanessa. Wow. Something is evil about her. I don't <laughs> like it. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't like it. She has a darkness in her. It's you see Rogue One? Did you see Rogue Rogue One yet? No, I haven't. All right, there's a part where there's a blind fella who's uh, who's a little bit more in touch with the Force than the rest of the crew on Rogue One, and he's like, "Does that man? Does that man have the face of a killer?" He has a dark energy. The, the force is dark around people who are about to kill. That's how I feel about Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa has a dark energy. Yeah, the force I, is I dark know, around her. I know. I'm glad you know. I'm glad I'm not the only one saying this. Even though I think it's great that she's especially a teacher, that's a beautiful thing to do. Well, that's interesting. Because the person I'm going to kill yeah. also spends her life helping others. Helping the weakest of anyone, babies. Babies who have a hard time coming out. Oh, I know who where you're going with this one. <laughs> What's her name? I forget her name. Uh, Danielle M. Danielle M. I'm killing Danielle M. Because here's the thing. Danielle M, without a doubt, is a wonderful woman who, frankly, deserves better from the, than this show have like really low self-esteem and that's why she's on this show in the first place she's got a great job she's gorgeous she's sweet she's meek she's kind she, I, i'm telling you death is more honorable for her than what she's about to go through on the show so this is a mercy killing on my behalf oh i see yeah because she's a wet blanket she doesn't really have much she's a bummer she's a bummer she, she just reminds me like how sad this show is and that's not what i'm watching this show for I'm watching the show to see bitches get mad. You know, like, that's not... I don't want to be reminded that there are nice girls out there who are actually on this for the right reasons because they deserve so much more. And so she's got to go. Got to go. I I have... I, I know where you're coming from on this one. I think... I have, I kind of actually see her going far in this. It's going to be very difficult for oh, her. Oh, will. But I see her going very far in it because she seems the most grounded, but she seems a little boring to me, though. Oh, but those girls, they go far and they sneak up on you and you're like, what's that girl's name again? She's still here. And then the next thing you know, she's on hometown dates. Oh, yeah. And with a weird boring. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see meeting her folksy parents. All you have to do to remember her name is look in the mirror because it's Danielle M. <laughs> But I prefer the other Danielle. Yeah. Wow. All right. Lots of Danielles this year. Yeah. There's two. And there's two Jasmines also, I think. Interesting. Okay. One of the Jasmines came up to him and he's like, hi, my name's Jasmine, like the flower. No shit. There's only one thing called ja- there's only one thing called Jasmine. <laughs> it's such an interesting word. It's such a specific word. He's not getting Well, she could have been like like the Disney princess. But either way, it's like, hi, my name's Jasmine. She's not going to no, get it Hasbro? Wrong. Like the toy company? No, Jasmine. Like the flower. or the No, there's only one word that sounds like Jasmine. Oh, like Yasmin, the other way of pronouncing Jasmine? Yasmin Bleef from Basketball, my favorite movie. <laughs> well, guys. That was that was our first Hey Julie podcast, not about Big Brother. It's called Hey Chris. Hey Chris. <laughs> and we hope you join us as we search for love with these women because I think a hilarious wild ride. I didn't know if we could recreate the magic that we have with Big Brother, but I think this episode proved that we can. Oh, totally, totally, totally. I love it. I, I had a great time. We won't spend 20 minutes talking about Damien Chazelle next episode. So we'll, we'll be able to cover the episode. I mean, we had a, we had cut a lot of fat out of this yeah. Bachelor episode. So we'll have something to talk about. There'll be some group dates, I assume. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
you know, we'll yeah, get next week we will be back and I'm going to boot up that Twitter baby. So get ready to keep following and adding us because I've been MIA from it. I'm getting back at Hey Julie BB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I get, we'll probably be uh, tweeting about bachelor and stuff from there at Hey Julie BB. Follow us specifically at Brit Raider at Danny Mop. Uh, hey Julie Big Brother at gmail.com. Uh, there's too much. I'm trying We're to get verified. We're going to see you next time. I'm trying to Until get verified then. on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. No, I really. Will you accept this, Rose? I, I, I submitted myself, so maybe I'll get that blue check next time we hear from you. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. <laughs>